Hello and welcome back to Thickcast. My name is Molly Edwards. I'm your host and today I have Vaughan with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. I'm usually on the opposite end of the mic. So um, yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah. Different, a bit different for me. I've, I've only ever actually done a few a few of these uh, where I'm on the opposite end. So yeah, anyway, for those of you who don't know, I'm Vaughan Wilson. You could say the, the founder of VW Physique, uh, which is a online coaching company, prep company, you could say, from uh, based in Scotland. Working with athletes all over the UK, um, all over the world sometimes as well over the years um, to help transform their body, whether that's for stage, for shoot, or just just general life. Um, and that's something that I've done now for probably as long as I can remember. I was before that I was a one to one PT. Back in twenty thirteen, I started December. Not a good time to start being a one to one personal trainer, and then um, worked at a pure gym for a few years, um, and then eventually moved online fully uh, literally 2019 towards the end so about September time so I was established online before that silly lockdown that, that we had a few years ago. Did you find that kind of helped business or like hindered it? The fact that I was, all, the fact that I was already established yeah, yeah. 100% because um, I had a client base that all kind of went fuck what do I do yeah and I said, well, this is what you do and we changed and I still remember I had 21 drop-offs that first month of lockdown, um, which wasn't yeah, ideal. People lost their jobs, didn't they? And Yeah, well, totally, man. It was fucking, it never happened before. But um, at the same time, I got pickups because of what me, Ali and Clara were doing, you know, the, the hack squat tutorial in my back garden and stuff. <laughs> um, business survives, you know, the two coaches came on board. I have two coaches that work alongside me. They came on board the start of March 2020 and the gym shut 19 days later and we it was sink or swim so we yeah we we did stuff a bit differently they thrived Ali went fully online Clara built up her client base from nothing to you know to a decent level yeah and, um, I managed to compete I suppose I should have said that I compete as well um did men's physique once in 2017 did terrible competed men uh, classic physique three years later um and the only show that went ahead before lockdown got a good result. Competed last year, got some decent results as well. And yeah, I guess that's me. I don't really like talking about myself too much. Um, well, but that's what you're going to have to today. Yeah, that's. I guess that's <laughs> the, the podcast. I just don't want to spend spend too much describing what I've done and not done. Yeah, that's cool. So, did you always? Um, I know you first compete, competed in men's physique. Was it ever like? Were you always going to be like, right? I'm just going to do this once, and then that's it. I'm going into classic or bodybuilding or whatever. In all honesty, right? Uh, well, you know Ali, right? I saw him compete in 2015, and I just went like, "What was it like?" And he went, "Yeah, it was alright." I went, "Cool, I'm going to give it a try." And one of the main reasons was it was not only I wanted to try it, but I was, was kind of unhappy with how I looked. I was unhappy with who I was working with as well, um, which might sound uh, not big-headed. It might not sound great, but, you know, as a one-to-one personal trainer, I worked with just gen pop, um, very gen pop, teaching them how to lift and whatnot. And I I wasn't getting any enjoyment out of it anymore, or as much as I was. But I knew, I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I just thought, my physique deserves this. How I look warrants Mm. the clientele I'm working with. So I wanted to change as well though. Like you're always doing other courses and getting more and more knowledge, and it's kind of wasted on people that 
aren't really that bothered, you know? Yeah, but then, again, I looked at myself and I went, well, this is, you know, I can't work with anyone else at the current moment with how I look. So I knew I needed to change that, and a show gave me something to work towards. Um, you know, I, for, for me, it was, uh, at the time, UKBFF was the, the in-fed that was kind of coming to the end, but it was kind of the one to do. So, yeah, I signed up with a coach 2016, worked with them for uh, a year and a half, right up to on the show, um, made a lot of mistakes and told myself I'd never compete again. I had no thought, I didn't even know what classic physique was. <laughs> I just I just knew men's physique was a thing and that was I was big enough for that and I wasn't big enough for anything else, so I did it. And I stepped on stage and I was like, what a fucking waste of time, I'm never doing that again. Um, just, yeah, it made me really not like uh, the competing scene just because of my experience and, and yeah. what not we can get into. And then it was really only 2019 PCA Scotland. Um, I had decided that year to do a photo shoot after a long bulk in 2018 and whatnot. And I did it, and I did it at the start of March, and I had athletes compete in the end of March. And then I saw one guy, his name is Jamie Maxwell, he's a class music compared from, from, uh, from Scotland. He did his routine on stage. And I was like, wow, that looks really fucking cool. And then I looked at the, the rest of the guys and I was like, I'm big enough to do that. I was like, cool, let's do that. Um, and yeah, my the hatred I had had kind of left. And um, yeah, it's just been a, yeah, the rest is history, I suppose. It's just been a journey ever since. And now I'm not sure if I'll do classic again, um, but it's just going to need to be a case of waiting and seeing how big I get or not this year. Yeah. So is it like the posing and stuff that kind of swung it for you? Like you enjoy that different style yeah, of posing, the routine and stuff? It was just, so before I, I'd always seen bodybuilders as this rigid sort of like lack of uh, grace, shall we say. Yeah. And then just how this guy Jamie posed, uh, don't get me wrong, other competitors posed great as well, but his style, his flow, the song he posed to, I was like, wow. I was like, and the effect it had on the crowd I was, yeah. like, I, want, I was like, I don't know, I just, I wanted that. I thought, I like that, I could be part of that. It gives me something to work towards again. Um, and then it, I think watching that has then influenced how I pose. Um, mm. Because it's, you know, it's it's a minute you get up there and it's it's your form of art of what you've worked on your craft. And I think I've always, um, for me, had an emotional connection to the song that I posed to. For the one in 2020, it was... Uh, that was me and my wife's wedding song, our first dance. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, so, you know, that I think that emotion came through. And then the one, the uh, year after, no, sorry, the one the year after was our first dance. The one the year before was one that we were considering. So it was still in my head. It still reminded yeah. me of my, my wife. And then uh, I just, you know, because my wife at the time was pregnant with our wee boy, Again, it just made me think about them as I was doing it. And um, the story that I still remember, I competed with FX in July. I came off stage after doing it for the second time. And as I was coming off stage, Mike looks at me. Mike was the, um, the stage announcer, for those of you listening. He just looks at me and he goes, that means something to you, doesn't it? And I just went, yeah. And that's all I said. And me and my wife were going for dinner later on that night. And we bumped into Mike and his wife um, in the hotel reception. And th this is all he said to me. He you know, said hi, and he looked at the bump, and he looked at me, and he just went, that's what it meant. And I just went, 
yeah, and we left. So yeah. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really, really cool that you'd see, you know, my what I'd, how I'd posed, emotion had come through, that he didn't know at the time what it was why, but, you know, it lawyer, yeah, anyway, long story short, I guess the posing w- was uh, attracted me to the, the class. Mm. But just the size as well. Like, I looked at my physique and I was like, well, to the guy on stage, and I was like, my legs are way better than his from like looking at my photo shoot. So I was like, I could do it. Um, and then you know, I figured out it doesn't matter how good your legs are, you just get beat from upper body. So that sucked, but it's fine. Yeah. So it's done all right last year though, didn't you? So that's... Yeah, I guess I did okay. Um I guess last year I probably felt a lot of pressure that I didn't need to feel. Um, I put upon myself um, to do well. I think it's natural as as a prep coach, um, you know, the, the brand that we created, the vision was we want, I wanted to have coaches that competed, but mm. we wanted to have British titles as coaches under the brand. Yeah. From a, from a standpoint of we lead by example, but it's a good sort of selling point as well to be like, well, they do it themselves. They're the best in the UK at what they've done for that fed or whatever. As well. Yeah to lead by example. So I guess I was very fixated on that for a while, but just fixated on like, I mean, in bodybuilding, you can never choose who shows up and I've been beating shows fair and square. Um, but part of me at the time was like, oh, it'd be quite embarrassing to do shite over the season as a coach wanting to do well for his business, but also then, because the business provides for my family yeah. as well. So you see this monumental pressure that I was unneeded that I was putting upon myself. Yeah, and obviously um, Bruno as well was pregnant at this point as well, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Um, it was my last gasp to really compete and go for it before the wee man came. So um, then when the first show didn't go my way because I wasn't conditioned enough, um, I guess it's probably the it probably was one of the best things that happened because then it's what fueled the the next three four weeks after it. Um, and again, I got some great results. You know, with uh, for FedEx with two boys with PCA, but then some decisions didn't go my way, and there was other shows I got beat fair and square, um, and that's just that's just bodybuilding. But I think I've done now in total, I think it's seven shows over the years. You did quite a few last year, didn't you? Five. Five, yeah. So I think I've, I think I've I've got like five firsts, a couple of fourths, and a fifth, um, which I guess not too bad. But just like any bodybuilder, the minute you've achieved something, you, you're like, what's next? Yeah. Like five years ago, I wrote, wrote down on my phone, win a British title within five years. And I did it. And, and honestly, it was like, I couldn't enjoy it for even a day or two before it was like, I felt lost. I was like, five years, I've been working at this. What's, I was like, Cal, I need something. We need to have a chat. Like, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. To them when we kind of decided, which just maybe changed since we once come around. Um, and then I felt like right back on it. Because those that you don't know, like I count in my logbook and have counted since I started that goal. And today was like day 2160 since the start. But I always keep getting my logbook just because I don't know, I just do. Um, but yeah, so last year was good, but I think. For me, the, my favourite one was the first win Which in 2020. 2020. Yeah, because for me, it's, not, it's never about winning. And I think anyone that competes wants to win, wants to place, wants to do well. 
Yeah. But in, yeah. in 2020, I haven't never said I would compete again to then being like, well, actually, uh, Rona was wanting to go to, uh, she wanted to take me away from her 30th. And I didn't want to go because I was scared I'd get um, locked down in another country and I was launching a business. Mm. I didn't go, so I went, fuck it, I'll just jump in two bros. Uh, did it. And then t- I had zero expectations. Yeah. The pressure. So to come away with that result, I was like, oh, shit, well, actually, maybe I'm all right at this. Yeah. Maybe I've I think class. sometimes that's where the pressure comes from, isn't it? Because you've done all right. That pressure's there to do better again. It is. But I think what I put upon myself last year was just unnecessary because my clients really didn't care if I didn't play, if I placed or not. They wanted me to. Yeah. Of course they did because you're part of your journey. But as long as I was still... A great coach for them that's all that mattered as long as I was there for my wife that's all that mattered and I think that's really important is like you can be a great bodybuilder but that doesn't necessarily make you a great coach and vice versa like you can be a great coach but are you a great bodybuilder not necessarily but it doesn't really matter see uh see if you look at the best coaches in the UK right now the ones I would say are the best they're not great bodybuilders no they're too invested in their clients. Why? Coached one of them, right? For a while, a few months last year. And it just got to the point where he was like, yeah, Vaughn, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to Alicante this weekend and I'm going to Finland that weekend. So I'm just going to, just going to take a few weeks off. I'm like, sound cool. That, but, but then yeah. that's because their, their passion, their values have then changed to be like, maybe they've been good competitors or before, focused on their training, but their values have just went boom. Yeah, and that's yeah. I feel like I'm still at that limbo stage of I will do endeavor to do everything I can for a client, and will like I'll sacrifice a train session for me, no problem to go to a client show or whatever. But I still want to be a good bodybuilder. Yeah. Like a, a thing that resonates with me is Mark Cole said to me, "This, this is when we sort of worked with him for six months." He said, "Von, you could be way busier with a business, but you're too focused on your own bodybuilding journey." And I went, "Correct." I was like, there's still things I want to achieve. So I, I could work with more people. I could take on more clients and whatnot, but then that would impact, you know, wouldn't have as much time to train, you know, I'd miss meals or whatever. So just kind of cap the numbers. They've never really changed for, God, really since lockdown. Um, they've not really changed since because I put in a lot of effort for clients, the first timers. And, um, and yeah, I just think the the numbers game is fine if you don't focus on yourself as much, but, yeah, I'd be a liar if I said I still didn't want to be bigger, be stronger, compete again, do better. Um, do you know that I think that makes you a better coach as well? Because I think when you've got coaches that have got like loads and loads of clients and yeah, they might have some that do really well and whatever and they're earning all this money, great. But actually, how good a coach are they? Like, I know I can message you and you reply back to me pretty instantly about whatever it might be. Yeah. You've got a coach that's got loads and loads of clients and okay, cool, that might be great for them, their business is going well, but actually they don't reply back quick enough. They don't necessarily give you the information that you want because they're too busy to really care enough. And at the end of the day, if you're not happy, are you going to be able to provide the best service for your clients as well? You know, if you're just burnt out all the time, you're not doing the things that make you happy as well. Yeah, I guess this is where, like, it's hard to compare against one versus the other because my client base I know is very different to another coach's where another coach might have 
50 to 70 really experienced competitors mm. that don't need as much support. Whereas my athletes will be for, majority of them first timers that that's what we specialize in. So we, yeah. they need that instant support. They need the voice notes, the phone calls, the constant messaging, the daily check-ins and whatnot, because if you don't do that, they could break, they could yeah. falter, you know, they, they need more support just as what it is. And then for example, like I've competed loads. So like Carl's my coach, I just like, just check in. He tells me what to do. Sam, speak to you next week. Speak to you in a few yeah. days. Cool. It's, di- it's, you know, it's different with the level of coach that you've kind of got. But totally, man. I mean, I think a lot, of, a lot of the time you need to remember why you got in this game. And for me, it was just like a love for training and changing my physique and a real passion for helping others. And I get way more of a buzz of helping a client achieve a result, stepping on stage or a photo shoot than I do myself. Way, way more. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why I do it. Yeah, and I think, yeah, until you do it, it's often like you don't realise that like, I didn't realise how much of a buzz I'd get from doing it. And like, well, you know, because you were with me when I won my shows, like, I didn't cry. I think I was close, actually, at one point. <laughs> I still remember. But then when I'm right... I still remember looking at your face. So my, my perspective, for those that are listening, right, I was backstage Molly. And when you're backstage as a coach, you naturally fucking look at their athletes and you're like, right, okay, we'll beat her, right? beat her right she's shit oh fuck she's good and I'm looking about and I'm looking about and I'm like and then in my head I'm like Molly's better than everyone here and you took your top off I looked at you I did a check in one of course I didn't tell you any of this but no, I'm looking you at you know. and going looking, looking about looking about looking about and I'm like I reckon we're fucking going to get a result here and then you all come out and then it's the first one Two bro show, yeah. yeah. And then you all come out, and I was like, Molly's fucking miles better than everyone here. <laughs> and I remember that Rob was standing beside me. Um, Rob's our coach from a different brand, for those you don't know. Um, and uh, I said, Oh, that uh, I can't remember your number, and that's that's one of my girls. And we're kind of going through the quarter turns and blah blah blah. I remember he said, He's like, I reckon your girl's got a second, she's really, really good. And I went, Second, I was like, She's smoking everyone here, and they called it three, third, they called it second. And I was just waiting. And then when they, call, when they called out Molly, it was a look on your face. And you didn't like go to the front of the stage or look at, you just looked at me and you were like, oh my God. And part of me wanted to be like, go on. <laughs> I was like cheating and fucking like, yeah, Molly, woo. Um, but I think then, that show I could see you because that show yeah. was in the tent, wasn't it? So I could see you. And I remember standing on stage. Yeah. And like for people listening that don't know one, you're quite deadpan in your face. So like when you're doing your checking, you're like, yeah, you look good. Yeah, you look good. And I'm like, do I look good or is this bloke just chatting shit? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I was on stage, I remember looking at you at one point on stage and you just kind of nodded to me and you were like, yep. Yeah. I was like, okay, is, is this a good yep or a bad yep? Like, I don't know. Yeah, but you're the nod. It's like, yep, yeah, we're good. Because you've got to think like, if you look at me, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really know that, but if you look at me and I look worried, you're going to get worried, stressed out, make a mistake. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if you look at me and I'm just giving you the, the usual, good. you just keep doing what you were doing. But let's face it, I was loud. And at every one of your shows, I was very loud. And I was the only Scottish actor. I couldn't see you at FedEx, but I heard you go, fuck yes, really loud in this big Scottish voice. I was like, 
Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still remember that that as well. Um, but you know, I was, yeah, you did incredibly well, um, incredibly well. But I told you you would, and then you did. But I think that the two bros results you got, they kind of they fueled the confidence for the the ones that yeah, followed because you had that. I'm good enough behind me. And not yeah. just I'm good enough, I'm fucking more than good enough. And I think watching you pose then, um, I didn't see you at NFM UK, of course, but then watching you, that was after uh, FedEx. But watching you at yeah, FedEx, it was just well. like you were confident the stage presence was better, you walked better. Um, okay. And yeah, it was, unbelievable. it was unbelievable to be there as you got results. I only decided it would come um, a couple weeks before that, actually. So it was Brad's first show um, as well. So I, I came down. And yeah, it was a it was a very special moment. I had to remember backstage having to turn away from you because I was definitely going to cry. Um, yeah, you just walked off. I was like, "Where's he gone?" Because yeah, we were chatting, and I was yeah I was speaking. I just felt myself like when you're speaking, you feel like you're like doing that. And I was like, "I'm I'm fucking off. Like I'm out the door." I just needed like twenty seconds, and came out to be like, "Right, I'm I'm fine now." I just remember I said something like, I looked at you, looked at the sword, and I was like, that's fucking awesome, man. Because you yeah. just your story and what you'd kind of come from, um, you know, from not placing at a show, you feel confident in yourself for you to then go through that, um, get better for then the shows to be pushed back and cancelled and still COVID to then achieve that. It was just, it was awesome to be part of. But yeah, just to see your journey, uh, very grateful to for that moment. And it's, you know, that's the, the first ever first ever clients won overall um to this day for me so it'll still be a memory that's ingrained in my mind for for the rest of my days yeah thank you um yeah we'll go a bit like back on to the track we were going on um so obviously like looking at uh last season that you did last year you did quite a few different feds like kind of why did you decide to do that what did you find like the differences between different federations number one why did i do loads of different ones like I'm just, I'm not trying to be a pro. I'm I'm just trying to be a good good bodybuilder, the best bodybuilder I could be. So I don't feel I need to be uh, kind of loyal as such, if that's even a word to say. Yeah. I don't feel I just need to do one one fed. Um, I feel that I wanted to experience what different federations were like. If I wanted to experience, I wanted to know if I enjoy doing them again. Um, I knew that there was opportunity there to do multiple ones. I knew it was maybe the last time for a while. Um, so I wanted to make the most out of it. Uh, I'd never done a PCA show before. So I wanted to try that. I'd never done a FedEx show before. It was new and up and coming. I'd liked what I'd seen prior. Um, and it kind of fell at the perfect time after my, la- my what was planned my last show. The Two Bros one was just kind of like, it was redemption. It was not redemption from really the last year, but, you know, I... Two weeks out from the pro qualifier, less than that, 2020 just got cancelled. Yeah. Six days ago. So I was like, fuck, I want to do it again. And if I'm going to do it again, well, I've won. So the next step is to place out a British. So that was just kind of why I did two bros. Um, and, you know, if I compete again, I'll do multiple different feds. Uh, how I think they're run, um, PCA is very well run. Mm. I wouldn't say their tanning is well run. I'd say that's really bad. Because it's always late, but backstage... I dropped you off, didn't I? And it was... Backstage, they're like, you guys pump up, you get ready, you stand there, you come to me, write this class, write numbers, just like so regimented. I loved it. Yeah. 
the first Tubo show, it was honestly like herding cattle backstage. It's just too busy, so busy. We got told to pump up 20 minutes before we should have. Um, But nothing against them. I I think they're still a good fed and run well, which is very busy. Um, And I'd say I probably had the most fun in the FedEx show, but I think it's because I was just done mentally. I knew it was my last show. I, I like I honestly remember saying to Rona, I was like, Rona, I can walk away with nothing from this weekend and it, it still, you know, started had a great season and, and whatnot. So I, the pressure was gone. Yeah. By then, you know, so that's why I think I enjoyed it. Um it quite fun doing it as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was quite cool for it to be a crowd. Mm. And it was cool to like hear people chant my name that I had no idea who they were, you know, because I could see. Could see Rona, could see you, could you know hear and then people like putting video on Instagram who they are and they're like oh, Von Lang, Von's quads like second that you're like I'd never competed in front of that many people in such close proximity. Yeah. In front of some of the people that I look up to, you know, like Josh Malley was there, Dr. Dean was there, um to, to speak to those guys prior to the show and just be chilled and uh yeah, it was cool. And then, like having like a couple of people come up to me and be like, Oh, can I take a photo with you? And I'm like, What are you not meaning like me, like, don't take a photo. Me, yeah. so that, you know, that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I if had one criticism on, on that day, it was just I felt I kept having to go check when I'm on, how many classes, yeah. what like should we pump now? Like, that I didn't like that, but I was right backstage, so I could see. Um, but yeah, PCO was very, very like boom, 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 well run. Two bros tanning, unbelievable. Walk in straight away, get seen. Yeah. Straight away. But yeah, so, uh, you know, I did, did a few. Enjoyed them all. I would say I probably didn't enjoy the first two bro show because of my lack of condition at the time. And I had five athletes competing. Quite a few of them, aren't you? You know, my, my coach's brain was taking over. I knew as an athlete I was conditioned, so I was like, I'm going to do shit anyway. So, coach's brain on. Um, so, I didn't enjoy the day as an athlete on that day as much. Um, felt quite disappointed how I looked. But, um, you know, that fueled the fire for the next four weeks. How did that feel as well, standing on stage with a client? It was quite cool. Like, just, it was obviously meant a lot to Brad as well at the time, who, who now works with Joe, which is cool. But, um, yeah, it's something I never really had considered or thought about. Um, it was just the closer we got, I was like, Brad, you're way leaner than me. You'll beat me. And that's frustrating. But the coach inside of me was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I'm helping an athlete. I'm, 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 at the time, I was like, okay, well, I've put my own needs aside, and my athletes done better than me. Which, yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, but then it kind of shows you those that can't do teach. So I was like, maybe it was a sign. But <laughs> no, it was really cool. We got some photographs, and um, like, it was literally in that class, we both didn't make first callouts, unfortunately. Um, I'm sure I placed almost second to last, I think, on that day. But uh, anyway, I was, like, at the stage, I was here and he was there. So when they said, come to the middle, we just walked right beside each other. So, like, each pose, we have, like, us doing a front double, us doing a lap spread. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was was cool. And the journey that Brad had been on um, from the start and just seeing his growth as an athlete, as a coach. um, And, you know, he was always very, he would scroll back on his Instagram, he was always very open about the, the you know help you could say I'd had and that or the influence and um, so yeah it was quite you know I was grateful to, to do that it was a privilege um, will it happen again 
maybe, I suppose one day. Um, hopefully in an overall. Because there was loads of us there, wasn't there? Say again, sorry? It was a, it was a fun show to go to as well, because there was a lot of us there. Like I'd come up, um, you've got Ali and Clara come up as well. Yeah, that, I guess that's as well why like I wasn't at my best. Mm. And there was that many people there. Not just for supporting me, but for like to watch, the, you know, the show and stuff. But yeah. I was like, I would have more fun if I was 100% as an athlete. Yeah. Then. But athletes did okay on the day. That was cool. But the, like, I always say, you hear me say, coaches hat on, athlete hat off. So the athlete in me didn't enjoy it because I knew I wasn't my best. And I had never competed not at my best before. You know, from, but it was just a, it was a, it was a lesson learned. You know, I was starting my prep during lockdown. Should have probably moved to uh, stairmaster sooner than I did. Shouldn't have started prep as fat. Um, should have given myself more time. Lots of different things, but it kind of it worked out okay in the end, didn't it? Yeah. So I was at um, like quite a few of your shows, and I know when I was extra, you were pretty good not to place how did yeah. you kind of I but I did feel afterwards that you dealt with it very very well like I came to find you afterwards and I thought oh he's going to be really pissed off but you weren't and you just kind of went and that's bodybuilding how did you kind of deal with that and how would you kind of tell other people to deal with that as well because obviously we all go into shows and a lot of us go in wanting to win or do well and it doesn't always go our way yeah I think once you've been in this game a lot you kind of realise that bodybuilding will kick you in the dick more often than you will want it to. Mm. And it will it'll be your best mate at times you don't expect, but at times where you kind of think this is going well or this will go well, it tends to go the opposite way. Yeah. How, I mean, how do you deal with uh, not, you know, how do you deal with loss, you could say, or a result not going your way is... Number one, you just kind of like, I come to the realisation of that. Like, at the time, I was like, won a show last week. Got another show in six days. I, I had not much time to comprehend the result before I was preparing for the next week. Yeah, because that's I mean? another thing that you dealt with very well that weekend was, so I dropped, I live next to everyone, was coming down to the show. So I then dropped you at the airport. And then you messaged me like a couple hours later. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to the airport. You go for food with the guys. I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, can you come pick me up? My flight's been cancelled. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So yes. that obviously wasn't ideal. And then we couldn't find nah. a shop that was open. No, nah, which totally sucked. But no, I mean, at the time, um, I think as athletes backstage, especially ones you're experienced, you kind of naturally you look about. Yeah. You look at the other athletes, you look at the competitors, and you kind of get a rough idea of this is where I think I'll be. This is where I think I'll be in the mix. And then when it doesn't come to fruition on stage, you kind of think, right, well, why didn't it? For me, the logical part of my brain kicks in because years ago, the illogical part kicked on. Yeah. So I know yeah. how not to react, right? Yeah. 2017 didn't go my way. It was too big for the class, but at the time didn't know that. Didn't place, uh, didn't get a call back. Went straight into the change rooms, got changed, left the venue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In my eyes, that's quite disrespectful to the other athletes. So, and was raging. 
absolutely, absolutely fuming, couldn't understand. Whereas this time around, came off stage, chatting away, um, got changed fairly quickly, you could say. And then as I, I got fully changed, one of the athletes, Ben, who won, looked great, looks at me, he's like, hey, mate, do you want to get a photo? In my head, last thing I wanted to do was get a photo yeah. with the three people that, that I'd placed. But logical part of my brain, yeah, mate, cool, let me put my trunks back on. Put my trunks back on, got the photo, smiled, talked away, left, saw you, smiled, talked, blah, blah. And then you deal with it in your hotel room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Be raging, but be raging away. So I can even pick up though, like, because we walked, you know, it's a little while to walk back to the car, wasn't it? And I thought maybe, you know, then you might be like, yeah, no, I'm pissed off. But even then, I didn't, I knew you yeah. were disappointed because I know you and I knew that you wanted it, but. I, th- I think it's natural, especially having won the previous week. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, honestly, I was just like, the reason I did that show, because I was like, Cal, I don't think I can make it without something in between yeah. PCN2. Yeah. I was like, I just had to dig so much. So I said, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. Um, and then when I got, you know, a bit of feedback from some coaches that were there and stuff, like, and you realise kind of what went down, you kind of go, okay, it's it's not cool, but I can accept it. Yeah. Because that's part, it's part of the sport and it's what goes on regardless of the federation. Um, but at the same time, I go, well, you know, I got my stage photos back and I go, well, I wasn't at my best. Didn't look as good as the week before. Fair enough. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? you got to think of, we always, as human beings, will naturally want to place blame on something. But I'm very one now of, this kind of stems from, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar in 2018. I'll very much take onus of things now. Yeah. So, like, Cal was meshing me and he was like, Mesh me screenshots. He's like, "How the fuck is this fourth?" And I was like, "Doesn't matter now. It's done." Yeah. You know, like it's it's over. Like I can't go back and change that. All I can do now. This was words from Rob. He's like, "Mate, all you can do is focus on being better for next week." And I was like, "You're right." So, the minute that happened, I was like, "Right, the big ones next week. How do I get better for that?" Um, and yeah, I was disappointed. But every minute that I spent being annoyed at that was a minute that took away from being better for the next show. And I just think as well on the day, like, man, I see this at shows. I still see it. People come out absolutely raging, face like thunder. Oh, yeah, I've seen start, it ripping their medals off. That's judges got it wrong, bro. Judges got it wrong. I, you know, like, and I'm going. Don't give yourself a bad name, man. You know, like, my, like I'm an athlete. I'm also a business, like I'm someone that runs a business. So I have a, one of my values is professionalism. Mm. You know, something I hold quite close and how I coach, how I want to come across. Any person I speak to that I've never spoke to is maybe someone that wants to work with me. Now, can you imagine someone that's never competed before sitting outside in that uh, bar cafe thing, me, me eating my rice cakes and way or whatever it was. If they see me mouthing off and doing this nice thing, are they going to think I'm a good guy and professional and maybe you want to work with me? No. You're going to think, man, yeah. what, what a fucking, what a dickhead. So, yeah, I always have that calm demeanour because I want to be professional. I think it's it's what I stand for, so I'm going to hold back regards of how annoyed I am. And then if, you know, 
I'm in my hotel room and I'm chatting to my wife. Then I'll talk about how raging I am or disappointed. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll say what I really feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just is the way it is. And bodybuilding, I said, like, not control of who shows up, who's on the judging panel, mm. you know, like what athletes are doing it that are maybe affiliated with the federation due to their following on social media. And it, it sounds really silly, but these things, these things do happen and do influence results. And um, when it when, when it happens, you just have to, you take it on the chin and you go next. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So yeah, I guess if there was, how did I deal with it? Um, just did. Understood that it was just a bodybuilding show. There was another one. I did feel coming home because of everything that happened. Um, the flight got cancelled and all that. I did feel like when I came home, really quite disappointed in myself. Yeah. Because I left my pregnant wife to go to this show. And, you know, I'm thinking in my head, the better I do, the more of a thought in standpoint you have as, as a competitor, as a coach, the better it is for business, the better the business is, the more income, then the more support I can have our family. So that's kind of like my way of thinking. Yeah. So that's why I was disappointed. It what you know what I mean? Like I wanted to do well for for them. Um and you're kind of coming home empty-handed. This is British invite. I'm like, we've got one last week, so yeah. Um so quite felt quite fitting the week after to actually come home with something. Yeah. Because again, I went down, I went down to London on my own for the finals. Oh, that was the two Brace British finals. The week yeah, after, and then yeah. FedEx when I came. Yeah. When I came with me to the best. Yeah. It was cool. Great photo standing on the chair. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you know the first thing? So I don't know if I've ever told you this before. So obviously I met you before Rebecca did. And me and Rebecca have been talking all the way through our prep and everything. She's like, what's Fawn like when you meet him in person? I just went, he's very, very tall. <laughs> yeah. And I went, well, we know he's tall. I was like, but... He's very, very tall. So there's a photo <laughs> at FedEx when you run your thing of me standing on a chair to be taller than Vaughn. Yeah. Pointing at me. Yeah, pointing at you. Because every photo I got with you, I was pointing at you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, which is quite cool. Um, but no, it was, it was awesome. Awesome through the different shows. And there were some ups and downs, you know. I got beaten that first show quite bad. Got beaten my open class at the finals as well, you know. But you kind of like sometimes as an athlete, you get in your head, you go like, "Right, I'm pretty good. I'm all right. This is what I think I'll do." Yeah. And you go backstage and you think, "Well, fuck. There's always next year," because you just see the standard. Like I saw, I saw the guys in my open class, and I, like I'm looking at their legs, and I'm like, "Right, they're not bigger than mine." But I look at their upper body, and I'm like, "I'm beat." Like, yeah. The majority of them are all bigger than me up top. Um, that's the look. So you can only do what you can do, can't you? And then it's what the sport's all about. Is coming look, back, coming back better. So I know Rona is obviously like very supportive of you in um, like your bodybuilding with both your business and your personal like bodybuilding. How important is that to you? And kind of how do you talk to people about that are wanting to do this journey about that support with their partners? Yeah, I mean, really, without her, I, I would say without her, none of this would really be possible. It's mainly due to her support. It's the type of person she is. She, uh, 
she she supports me in everything that I do. And even if it's maybe not in her best interest, but at the same time, everything I do within business and competing in that is all to try and help so you know support them financially and whatnot. But really she's just so understanding and mm. I always try and make sure that when I prep it doesn't it doesn't impact her. So like Rona, you know, she 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 trains and, and what whatnot, but you know, she likes a pizza and stuff like that. So many occasions in prep, uh, you know, she may be stressed or have a bad day at work. I'd be like, oh, you want pizza? She'd be like, yeah. So I just order a pizza or I go get it or um, whatnot. And I'd sit there eating my chicken and broccoli <laughs> or whatnot. Or, you know, Rona loves to travel or go to weekends away and stuff. So I'd try and, you know, still go away, but I'd find a gym yeah. nearby. I'd take my food um, and whatnot. So she actually appreciated the fact that I was willing to do that, you know, whilst being totally fucked and being a zombie. Mm. Um you know what I mean? So it was a bit of like, you could say give and take. Like she yeah. understands, she, she knows. She's like, Vaughn, you're just like, you're here, but you're just not there when you're dieting. She's like, you're very much like hollow. You're just, um, yeah, you're not yourself. But she knows to expect that, I suppose. So she knows how to kind of cope, quote unquote, cope with her or deal with it. But I guess to anyone that wants to do that, you just have to sit, I think sit with your partner, explain what's the way to come. Because yeah. as a human being, change, like, I'm naturally quite affectionate, right? And I suppose we're quite intimate. And then when that affection goes or intimacy goes, like that can be quite a strain. And mm. Rona points this out, like she's not insecure. Yeah. Whereas if she was, when that goes, it would be like, what's wrong with me? Is he seeing someone else? Is he doing this? Whereas she just knows like, well, when you're that fucked, there's just no interest. Your body just doesn't doesn't send the signal. Like she says, Vaughn, you don't even hold a hand or anything. I don't know I'm not doing it. It just... You just, just don't, yeah. Yeah, so um, sit down, have a chat about what's going to come. Explain that it's the diet, it's the prep. Send them to vwphysique.com and read the articles about that. Um, <laughs> I'm just... just shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's a bit of give and take. And, uh, you know, like one of the things I suppose that when we first got together, she said, like, right, what's one of the things you want to do? That At the time for her, she's like, Vaughn, I love traveling. And I didn't really do that. I, like, I'm, like on my own, I, I wouldn't really do that. But, you know, I, I went and seen the world with her and I actually quite enjoy it now. Yeah. And when, you know, she said, what's your thing? And I went, I want to keep bodybuilding. She was like, cool. So I think about... A relationship or a marriage is all about supporting each other's needs and wants, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not in your own best interest. So and she does that. Funny, she understands. Like a lot of people, you know, their partners are like, why do you want to stand on stage in a pair of pants or a bikini? Like, I don't understand why you'd want to do that. She knows it's not about that for me. Yeah. She, she understands now. For me, competing uh, gives me a goal to work towards, but it's very much business orientated. Yeah. That as a prep coach, I, I want to lead from the front and I want to show my athletes that I still do it. I'd be a liar if I said I still didn't enjoy it because I do, but she understands the process of why I do that. Um, rather than question it, she knows the logic behind it. And again, coming back to my why is all, I do it because I like it, like bodybuilding, 
but I compete and try and lead from the front alongside wanting to help support my family. Yeah. So because she knows that's my why, she's like, go fucking do it. Yeah. Enjoy it, do it well, do that extra show, you know, put yourself in a hole, you know, you'll be here next month type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And last year um, was the first year she watched you, wasn't it? Yeah, first time, which yeah. is why I was even more disappointed with the, my showing in July. But then even more elated for the, the FedEx one. Yeah. Where she, she, you know, it was my last At the time, I was like, I don't know if I'll do this again. Whenever I do, it won't be anytime soon. So to have her there, um, you know, to be posing there, the song was our first dance. Uh, she, you know, everyone could see the emotion come through. It was just, it was really fitting. Uh, just sucked that they DQ'd me like a couple of days after, but still the moment, uh, like at the time she saw that and yeah, it was just, it's a memory that will live in my mind forever. Um, and it was quite cool with uh, PCA as well. They they got her up on stage. Um, I've never seen that at a PCA show before. Oh, have you not? Yeah. Oh, I've not seen the yeah. wife. I know um, when... Andy won the Saxon. They brought his his little boy had gone to watch, and they brought Judd on stage, and they did a little yeah. double bicep together. Which yeah, is- I just I didn't expect that, eh? and I had to hold back crying at the time because yeah. then Emser was just like, "Do you have anyone with you?" I said, "Yeah, my wife's just pregnant." And he just went, "Do you want her up?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just again, it's, it's on. I've got it. It's a, it's on a canvas in my my office. Um, just because, yeah, as I said, everything I do, um, I always say is, is for her and so, or, you know, to support our family now with the wee man. Um, and it's just, it just drives me every single day yeah. to be better as a better athlete, a better coach, a better husband, a better father. You know, like it's, she motivates me a heck of a lot just by being who she is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I love her a bit. Yeah. She's a lovely woman. Um, yeah. But how, how did you manage like prep and a pregnant wife? With difficulty. Yeah. Yes, I won't prep now um, again if she's pregnant because, you know, just in the last last trimester where she was struggling, you know, and I had two weeks left, she just wanted a cuddle. Mm. She wanted a cosy. I just, at the time, just didn't want that. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of hard for her. Um, little things like, you know, she could feel him moving and then I couldn't. And then, you know, she'd give up a bit of a set about that. I, I couldn't actually physically feel him move at this time. But um, at the time she, when she talks back about it, she's like, oh, you weren't as interested as you would have been if you were yeah, kind of normal. Um, but again, my routine didn't change. Um, it was, I went to every hospital appointment and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I guess it was, it was easy for me because I prep. You know, I know what I'm doing, but it was harder for Rona. And I think that just, it was in the last couple of weeks where I was like, I really should probably knock this on the head. Mm. Um, we'd already arranged for Rona to come down for the last one. I wanted to do it. I wanted her to see me. I was wanted to see me be better um, than I was. And I didn't want her, you know, in my head, I was like, if this is the last time she sees me compete for forever or for a long time, yeah, I want her to see me like, my best um and yeah that's why it meant a lot and I, like i say i put this on my my post after the show and um, when i'd done uh when i'd done the second category classic which i didn't place in mm. like 
Didn't speak to anyone, just found her, just gave her a hug and just burst out crying. Yeah. You, you know, it was, it was more like just to say thank you. Yeah. Because she was struggling. You know, at that point she was struggling with sleep, uh, sciatica pain. Um, and yeah, to know that she was willing to put up with me was, uh, yeah, it was just, again, I was just very emotional because I was grateful for that. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. With, with, with difficulty, I think is how you manage it, but it can't, it can be done. I just, I just wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a lot to ask and I suppose as well, every woman is different as well with how emotional they can get. Um, I remember one of my best mates cried because Tesco's didn't have the right cookies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. if I could deal with that in prep, <laughs> but I can't have any oh. fucking cookies. So <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're so right. It's, it's how, how we are each as a person and uh, yeah, someone else could be out there and say, well, look, my missus was fucking mental when I do this or that. Well, if that's the case, don't do it, you know, but uh, you give her a due. She, uh, yeah, I guess she put up with it and uh, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to do what I'd done without her support. So how well I done was probably, uh, you know, she's a big part of that. Yeah. Big part of that. Big yeah. So a lot of this podcast was, um, is basically about like you being a dad and a bodybuilder. So something that we, I can't remember where we were when we were having this discussion. Um, but I remember saying to you something about this was the most well-planned baby I've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I know obviously as a male bodybuilder who is assisted, it can be quite hard sometimes to conceive. Um, but you managed it. And I remember you saying to me, oh, well, I tracked this day and that day and that day. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, if I didn't think you were mental yeah. before, like... <laughs> well, we knew we wanted to have kids straight away. Yeah. And COVID had pushed our wedding back six months. We just didn't want to put our life on hold. And, you know, I'd said, I'd expressed to her now, I really wanted to compete in uh, 2021. She was right, okay. So I knew we had a window from... She didn't want to get my parent before we got married. Um, we had a window between December in March and that was the window that was it right she's come off you know the pill contraception um, she, six months before four months before getting her cycle regulated and whatnot. so she we knew that we had that down to a T the regularity of the day she ovulated she could feel the day she ovulated which over it was so we knew that wow. I said right well you know I know that I know uh, a little bit about physiology so I just I knew how to increase my sperm production, how to get them back to where they needed to be. Did that about three months before December, and continued that into January, and um, by February we were pregnant. Sorry, January. Yeah, January. Yeah. Yeah, January, or we were we were pregnant or end of January. So, yeah, um, very efficient. At, um, when we attempted to conceive, I suppose is a is a cleaner way of saying saying on a podcast. <laughs> just knowing when to when to do it, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, all uh, just I had a, a very good consultation with Doctor Dean about that mm. a few months prior. So is he someone you'd recommend people to go and talk to? Just because I had what made me think of this question was I had a conversation with someone the other day and. He was assisted and he just came off everything to try and have a baby and it took them ages. And yet I'd always had this conversation with you and you were like, 
yeah, well, we tracked X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, it happened. Yeah, so 100% you could chat to Dr. Dean. You could also, uh, I did a video on this. It's on YouTube. It's called Steroids and Fertility. It's on the yeah. VM Physique channel. Um, explains how I did it. That's cool. You know, just a case of like you have a, it's called an axis, or call it a system from your brain to your balls, telling you to make tests, make, make sperm. By taking steroids, you shut that down, but then you realize there's actually two branches of that. Mm-hmm. There's testosterone production, the spermatogenesis. So when you know the two branches, you don't need to worry about the test because you're putting tests in your body. Yeah. All you need yeah. to know is how to increase spermatogenesis. It's simple in layman's terms, but putting into practice, I suppose, can be quite hard. Would I have come off completely? I would never recommend that. Yeah. Just because, like, you're flatline. When you flatline, you're not interested in conception at all. Zero interest, zero drive for anything, really. Uh, you know, if you have zero level, test levels of zero. So I was able to keep my test levels fairly high, um, which meant, you know, libido was quite high. And we knew when to, to try and when to do it and to be patient. And yeah, it yeah. was, yeah, it was quite seamless. And... It's actually quite a small window, even if you were natural, not bodybuilder, just normal people, um, as it were, of when you can get pregnant anyway. It's like two days or something, isn't it? Like a window of when you offer it. Well, from so you ovulate yes on a certain day but remember sperm can live in your uterine tract for up to five days yeah right so you could start to get the swimmers in there a bit earlier yeah effectively um so if you know the day of ovulation you can kind of plan the days you do it mm. and then the way the way you need to look at it is that like how dr dean described it is when the sperm get to the egg they can release an enzyme which softens the egg shell and allows one of them to then penetrate the shell to then ultimately get into the egg. So the more sperm they are that reach the egg, the more likelihood you'll have of conception. Now, again, you need to take into consideration of like spermatogenesis and the rates at which you lay down new sperm and whatnot. But when you kind of know that, without going into too much detail, you know the days when to do it, the times when to do it. Yeah. Uh, or if you just do it loads on certain days and, you know, um, hope for the hope best. For the best. <laughs> yeah, hope for the best. Um, but yeah, it's it's worked for me. It's worked for a couple of clients I've worked with. Um, and yeah, I, I plan, you know, everything to a T with yeah. what we're doing. I've also yeah. noticed this with your like sleep tracker thing for your little one that you've been putting on Instagram, like day times it goes down. And I was like, yeah, Drake is fucking mental. It's funny how much like the data tracking of bodybuilding can transition into that because then, yeah, visually seeing an improvement in those numbers. So, all oh, right, well, our efforts are paying off. Um, and he is trying to listen, you know, we're not just beating our head against the drum here for no reason. Um, and yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Um, but we're getting there, we are getting there. You learn that, you know, as a I guess more as an assisted bodybuilder, you can still progress just fine with not as yeah. much sleep. Yeah. Natural, you struggle. So, like, after obviously stepping off stage and then you had your little boy, like, not long after, did you? So I stepped off stage, um, I think it was the 6th of August, and he mm-hmm. came around October the 13th. Yeah. So 10 yeah, weeks after. after. 
And how yeah. has that kind of changed your outlook on bodybuilding? I mean, I think before you have a wee one, you kind of put, you don't think about longevity as much as you should. Mm. And Dr. Dean said this to me, and he's so fucking right. He says, Vaughn, you'll just be sitting there one day and you'll look at him and you'll be like, fuck, well, I want to see him when he's 21. And I want to see him when he's 30. Yeah. And it changes you. You become a bit more careful with what you do. So you become more health conscious. Um, I, I went through a little bit of a phase. I was just like, just not really sure what the next step was for me. Mm. I was like, do I kind of get out the assisted route now whilst I can? Um, but for me, it was more like, right, I want to check my heart. Yeah. I want to check what I've been doing. Has it been reckless or has it been okay? Has it been, uh, you know, because you just start thinking about life and you go, well, I want to provide for, for my family for the rest of their life. And, you know, he needs a place to live for the next 20 years, 20 yeah. odd years. Um, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a healthy dad. I want to run about, do this, do that. I want to be a good husband. Um, so, yeah, it kind of encouraged me to go check my heart, all good, you know, echocardiogram, mm -hmm. calcium score, uh, no hypertrophy, no calcium deposits, yeah. which I was kind of like, awesome. sweet. And um, actually, this is really important, despite if you've got children or not. And I just want to reiterate this because if something were to go wrong, and this has happened to someone quite close to me recently, and they blame it on the steroids, but if you've had that and you know you're all good, you can be like, it's not. So it is just yeah, really you, important. You're right. It's something we should all do, but people don't because it costs money. It costs money, yeah. You know, like sitting down with a private doctor for 15 minutes costs 200 quid. Yeah. One of the tests costs 400, the other one costs five. So yeah. there's over a K. But guys will willingly spend 500 quid on a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of go, well, that's how I justify it. I went, well, can't put a price on health. Um, and I think that I, I, I didn't really post about it as much. I think I talked about it on a podcast that mm -hmm. that limbo stage and like, I remember coming back from training and looking around and she's like, what's the fucking point of what I'm doing? Like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Um, and that, it just, everything just calmed. And it was like, you're all right. I guess because in my head, I was like, expect the worst. Yeah. Like expect, because I was at a point where I wasn't feel like I was ready to give up the assisted route, um, yeah. the competitive route. I wasn't, and I still feel I'm not, not at that point, but I wanted to make sure I was okay. And if it had come back with some warning markers, decision made, done. Was that the okay. first time you'd had all that checked? Or... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I've been using steroids. blood's done before. Yeah, blood's not show you the whole shebang. Really. Yeah, yeah. Blood's show you here now. Really, the, the echo... Cardiogram, the calcium score, show you the real, yeah, real deal. Um, so yeah, you know, I've used steroids on and off really since I was twenty-two. Yeah. Consistently, consistently for the past six years, yeah, I've gotten a lot better. Well, well, so for it to come yeah. back is um, fine. I mean, I know there's a guy, same same team as I'm in. I'm sponsored by Complete Strength. You know, he's younger than me. He's had a heart attack. And um, I feel for the feel for the guy. Um, it just shows you we're all different genetically and how yeah. we respond. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it just made me, you know, I think the reason I struggled is I had a whole new outlook on life. Isn't like right, 
everything I do is now secondary. What yeah. I want is secondary. Like the wee man comes first, and that's just the way of it. And yeah. I'm more than happy for that for it to be that way. So I was like, I need to fucking buck up my ideas and understand what I'm doing. I understood it was not as healthy as not being on them, um, <laughs> but I was like, let's be smart about it. So it changed what I did yeah. that next cycle, um, and just yeah, just before I went from thinking, ah, oh, let's be a class one and let's get fucking huge quick to being like, let's just compete in whatever and let's just yeah. get big because it's healthier. Um, but yeah, I just think Dan Wellborn put it to me. This is a really, it's maybe not the best line, but, you know, you hear some some stories of bodybuilders dying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, imagine a wee boy says to his mum, why did dad die? Oh, you just want to be bigger than everyone. Yeah. Dan said that to me, and I was like, because he, he had said about Dan Wellborn, he's a uh, prep coach and mm. judge. When he said that, I was like, not, like nothing wrong true to, and to me, uh, more true than, than anything ever. I never yeah. heard anything. I was like, I was like, I completely agree with you know, So there's a certain point where I'll get a little bigger, but then I'll, you know, I won't get any bigger than a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, if it starts to affect your health really negatively, then it's Time to call it a day, I guess. 100%, man. Yeah, 100%. So how is Mission Biggest Out in the Playground going for you right now? Um, yeah, it's going all right. Uh, I I just did a little bit of a recon there. Yeah. Um, cool down a bit. And then just going into a little bit of a blast again um, until probably October time. And then going to pull, pull back down for a couple of months and then see where I'm at in life. And then, uh, yeah, if I'm big enough to compete again, I'll maybe class one, I will. If not, no rush. Just yeah. have another year of being a dad, coaching competitors. It depends when we're thinking about having another one as well. Mm. That, I, won't, I won't prep if, we're, if we try um, or Rose pregnant. Um, but, yeah, it's going well. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I am the biggest dad on the playground. Uh, but, no, I mean, having... Just this little human that just relies on you for for everything. You know, his mummy does most of the, the work, mm. but relies on you for comfort, you know, to help get back to sleep, to to feed, to change them, love them. Um, yeah, it's a feeling that yeah, it's hard to put in words. But when people people say it's the best thing they'll ever do, they're right, but yeah. they don't tell you that the sleep's fucking shite. <laughs> sleep shit. But um, yeah, it's it's going well. So that's kind of like one of the reasons I chose you as my coach. Um, so I just want to talk a bit more about your coaching and stuff. It's because you push like body weight in the off season. This is something that I really believe in, especially in females who like need to regain their cycle. Do you want to chat a bit about like why you've gone for this approach with your clients rather than the, this, let's say like a like five kilograms above stage weight? Yeah. I mean, I think we've got to remember that not everyone wants to be a pro, right? Yeah. And people like living life. It's, it's as simple as that. So to maintain five, I mean, like I am currently almost 20 kilos above my stage weight. So there's no way I could, I could do that. <laughs> but um, for females to maintain that requires fairly low calories, fairly high output, a lot of cardio and potentially irregular cycles that they've maybe not recovered from. And um, if they've lost it, it's become a regular during prep. And one of the only ways to get that back is to reduce stress and to have body fat, mm. you know, like, 
having body fat and like is going to support estrogen production. Um, but again, just allowing to them to be a bit more social at the weekends as well. I mean, that's not the reason, but that's one I think we should definitely point out because some people that body well, they like to have a drink every now and then, or they, they like to, you know, we all like to smash, smash some food on a Saturday night or whatnot. So it gives them that freedom. But also I think it's required to put tissue on. Now, this, this is an opinion that will be challenged from other coaches, yes. But if I think back to my journey, but also my clients, they've made the best progress when we've pushed the levels of body fat to a point that we kind of go, these are maybe a bit too high, but then they come back down and you go, holy fucking shit. Yeah. You know, take, um, I mean, I'm a bit of an extreme example. If we're speaking about females. Um, let's take Clara, you know, her stage weight a few years ago was 45. We pushed her up to, I think, I want to say it was 60 or 61, which in hindsight maybe was a bit pushing too much. But she pulled back down last year. I, like, I had never seen her glutes like that before. She looked good. Never. You know what I mean? Uh, and again, I think it stemmed from uh, mass moves mass, weight moves weight. weight, mm. moves weight. Um, but yeah, I just think that in, in the bodybuilding scene, we have to push the boundaries at both levels of the extremes to get the best results, yeah. whether that be pulling down more body fat off to get leaner, pushing the boundaries as you go up. But it's just a philosophy. I mean, like, Ali won't agree with me on this. Ali won't I didn't know that. Girl. Ali will push his girls up to be a bit leaner. And anytime we speak with my clients, he'd be like, oh, yeah, but she gets a bit fluffy in the off-season. I'm like, yeah, because I push her to that. Mm. And, you know, not speaking about someone in particular, just speaking about in general. Yeah. Um, some people, you know, the reason people feel it's not needed because it means you've got more to pull off and it makes prep harder. And I just say, just recomp at some point before prep. Yeah. Simple yeah. as that, right? So for yourself, last year, uh, two, no, two years ago now, two years ago now, sorry, 2020, you came to me, you were roughly about 66, 67. Yeah, I think it's about 67, yeah. I know we hadn't been through a bulk, we hadn't, no. but we recomped you down to about 63, yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, I was so heavy because it was Easter and it was locked down. I used to eat an Easter egg every day <laughs> before I came to you. <laughs> there you go, there you yeah. go. So, yeah, then ultimately we, we pulled a bit off, then we relaxed, we put in free meals and stuff, and then when you entered prep, it was a bit easier for you. Yeah, absolutely. Calories were a bit higher, cardio was a bit lower, you know. So, um yeah, there's ways around pushing the boundaries. But yeah, I just, I've always felt it's just what's worked for me. And there's maybe some coaches out there that will say the opposite. Um, but I think their client base and who they work with is maybe yeah. different. If you live and breathe this and you're trying to become a pro, fair enough. You're a small minority in the population of bodybuilders. Yeah. Right, yeah. across the world. So uh, the people I'm with uh, currently... Um, not the, the you know the, there's pros that are maybe perhaps UKUP G, GPO or GPO, um, but but you know none that are looking to become IFBB and I think it's the ones that are want to be IFBB pros that need to make those sacrifices, mm. perhaps at the weekends and food and this and the next thing because that's all you know what they're looking for in life. Don't be wrong, yeah, they'll still you know do life stuff and that, but um, they'll be more willing to to not push your point. But I just feel like you don't push body fat levels up enough. Someone just can't feel normal yeah you can't feel just like i'm not saying normal because as bodybuilders are not normal but you know what i mean just they can't feel themselves hormonally they, they, they need it even as guys you need to put on a bit of body fat um but 
I guess it's just hard for some of them body images wise uh, when they push up because they get so mm. used to being lean. Because society tells them that being lean is uh, the you know That's the better good. thing. And, yeah. Yeah. So at that point, it's, as as a coach, it becomes more about supporting your athlete to be focused on performance, what they can do, what they couldn't do on prep versus what they can do now. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just my methodology as well, my philosophy. Mm. I think as well if you're a natural bikini girl as well, you're not pushing pads or anything, then you're going to have to push weight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. You don't have the added extras in regards mm. to recovery that your other competitors may have. Um, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying all, but some may have. Hopefully the ones listening to this have had their eyes open to that it's a lot more uh, common than not. Um, yeah, it is. But but just in general, like you you know you want to be the best competitor. You got to push the boundaries in the off season as well. Simple yeah. as that. That's just what I think. That's cool. Um, so me and Clara kind of spoke about this, and I've spoken about this a little bit myself. But there are times on prep when people can like binge, and I know it happened to me. And I messaged you like afterwards and was really upset because you're on prep and you just you get these cravings and then you can have like these uncontrollable binges um how as a coach because I felt like you dealt with this really well with me but how as a coach do you think you should deal with this get them on the phone yeah simple, simple as that it cannot be sorted by a message emotion cannot come through a whatsapp how you support and your tone of voice can't come through a WhatsApp unless you voice note. But yeah. to get your athlete's head back in the game, to get them not feeling shite about themselves, mm. have to speak to them soon after it's happened as possible. Yeah. And problem this is, quite is a common thing, isn't it? But people don't realise it is, I think. Yeah, but the problem is they don't want to tell you. Yeah. They won't tell you straight away. Will tell you two days, three days later, right? Because they feel ashamed, they feel guilty, they feel embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. When you get when you get them on the phone and you say the right things and you have the right the right chat, they often leave the phone feeling more empowered, more in control that it won't happen again, and ready to just get back back stuck in. Yeah, you have to just explain to them that it's not the end of the world, that it's it's normal for these cravings to happen. Explain how we can try and remove temptation and try and make sure it doesn't happen again. Change X, Y, and Z, blah blah blah. Find a solution. And understand that, you know, and say to them, listen, as your coach, I'm here for your support. I'm not here to ridicule you, to belittle you. I'm here to encourage you, to support you and all you that you do through the highs and the lows and the struggles um, that you will inevitably go through. And I'll say, look, these cravings have got bad. They'll get worse. Expect this to get worse, but this is how you're going to deal with it. Um, and it's cool to see them actually deal with it better next time and message you before yeah. it happens. Yeah, because it is hard and it is realistically on prep, like you're fighting nature. Your nature is to eat you know if we were caveman and someone put a fucking mammoth in front of you do you wouldn't you exactly you know, i mean i had this conversation with a guy last week he's in a photo shoot and he was just like he's like mate i can't explain to you my cravings though and i can't explain to you how hungry i am i went you don't need to i says i've experienced it mm. i said he says yeah but you don't do it but i went but i've i know how to deal with it i'm experienced yeah. I went, right now you're chasing a full feeling, a satisfied. He was chasing a satisfied feeling of, of fullness 
that says that you'll never get. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're being conditioned his whole life to uh, feel good after eating sugary foods, right? Or, you know, high, high calorific foods. I mean, I'm asking you not to. So, you know, that, that feeling of feeling good is gone. Yeah. So naturally your body's going to send the signal that wants it back. But also it's the first time you've actually tried to stick to a diet for any more than five days. And I'm asking <laughs> you for 16, 18 weeks, you've never done it before. It's going to be incredibly hard for you to do that, to resist temptation. Absolutely, to, yeah. you know, I had a consult call with a girl uh, just for this call, uh, con- uh, podcast. And I said, have you ever stuck to a diet in your life before? She went, no. I went, for seven days, ever sort of calories? Nah. Right, cool. You see how it's going to be really incredibly hard to get you lean? Mm. If we don't get that, you know, but uh, anyway, sorry, back to the point is just as a coach being understanding. Yeah. Why you have to find the logical reason to why it's happened. Right. So for someone, it could be um, a uni assignment, stress from work. Yeah. They could have, they could have injured their foot, really struggled to walk or do cardio or they hurt their lower back. And they just had a moment of weakness. One moment. That's all mm-hmm. it was. And that doesn't mean preps over at the end of the world. Yeah. It just yeah. means, right, okay, well, stop doing your uni work in the kitchen. Or, right, we'll do this cardio from now on. Right, we'll remove that move from the program. And we'll remove those cookies that you were keeping in your cupboard and we'll give them to your mum to eat later in the year. Um, so that when it happens again, it doesn't happen, but instead you sit and you give, I say it everyone, just before you do what you're going to do, just sit down and put a timer on your phone for five minutes, right? It's going to feel like 50 minutes. And then just say to yourself, is what I'm away to do going to take me a step closer to my goal or take me a step away? And if the answer is the latter, you won't do it. Yeah. Nothing is in the house other than your food on the meal plan. You won't go out and get stuff. You'll just message your coach saying how fucked you are and how hungry you are. Mm. That's just my advice. Yeah. No, that's cool. I think, I just think it's something that should be spoken about more because it never is. You know, people don't always want to talk about the hard stuff that happens and because, you know, they're embarrassed by it, they're ashamed of it, whatever. They don't want to talk about it. And I've found this a lot recently. Shush, Bertie. You don't prep, mate. You haven't got a clue. You just fucking (laughs) eat um they you know they I've had clients recently and they've been like yeah but I'm really struggling and no one else is I'm like no everyone's struggling everyone messages me saying they're struggling but just because they don't put it on Instagram doesn't mean it's not happening they just don't put it on Instagram you know everyone shows you everyone shows you the you know the, the glute shot yeah everyone shows you that oh my god I just smashed four empire biscuits in two minutes and I don't know what to do no one it's that because yeah. it's why it's weakness as human beings we don't want to show that why because it shows yeah. we're vulnerable um, often the ones that show they're vulnerable and message their coach beforehand often have better success mm. rather than try and hide it and fix it you know i use this as, a, as an example like a guy that we had the conversation with last week was overeating and i was saying to him mate tell me how much more you're eating tell me how he's like oh no i'm sticking with it, blah blah until he was like mate i'm a guy i tried to fix it myself and i just i couldn't that's why I didn't say earlier. 
I said, you do realise if we just had this chat three weeks ago, we wouldn't have happened. He went, yeah. I went, see you next time. Let's have the chat earlier. I went, yeah, okay. And that's also, I think, why you need to have such a good um, relationship with your coach that you can talk to them about things. Like, I know with you, if anything ever happens, if I'm upset about something, to be fair, you know, before I'm up, like, if I'm upset before I've said anything, you just message me and you're like, are you all right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not okay. That's just but, from getting to me the past couple yeah. of years, you know? Yeah, and it's that I think is very important. And that's kind of when, so me and Vaughan went on a little bit of a break and then we, yeah. we it was always going to be like, we'd come back and work together again. Um, but that's why I knew I'd come back to working with you because I knew we'd built that relationship and I know that you know my head when sometimes I don't know my head. And that, for me, is what I need. People buy into people, right? And when you find the right coach and you click, yeah. you then won't look any elsewhere because they understand you. It's like, so Clara today, is she's a coach that works alongside me under the brand, but I've prepped her, coached her since 2018. And she's made a comment about how she, you know, she, she didn't know why she was in her head about body weight. And I was like, Clara if you look back at the past three preps we've done, you've always talked about your body weight. You've always mentioned mm. it. And she was like, oh, I went, that's why you've got me. Yeah. I said, but it's, it's no different to what you said. She was like, all oh, right, okay, makes sense. But in her mind, it was like, oh, this is the first time I'm saying this and I don't know why I'm saying I was like, I just, this yeah. is what you're like, I know you. And I know what to say to make you rational again and yeah. to... To, to, to realize what's going on with her physique and her body and that um or uh, you know getting to know your athletes in regards to just what they need like chris bain you know how many shows we've done 10 shows i just look at him and i just know what he needs mm. and if you ask me how i know that it's just like because i just i work one for so long yeah. i know how much roughly he's going to need on what days i can look at him and say how much totally needs food wise just from from experience yeah. Um, so getting to know your coach and making a solid relationship, um, I think is really important. One where you can be open and honest about anything, mm. and uh, not feel you can't reach out. Um, if if you do feel that way, it's a red flag, and I would I'd move. Yeah. If you if you reach out and you responded in a manner that's not kind and it's not supportive, fuck them off. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care, I don't care who your coach is. Fuck them off. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a lot of there's a lot of great coaches out there, but unfortunately, there's a lot of fucking shit as well. Yeah, there's there's 100%. a lot. So it, it's important, you know. There's nothing wrong, you know. People put this thing about, oh, you shouldn't coach up, and to a point, no. But you know, because you wouldn't know me as well as you do if I hadn't stayed with you for as long as I have. Um, but at the same point, if you know you were ever nasty to me or something. I I know you never would be. I would leave, and I think yeah. everyone should should know that that is okay to leave if their coach is nasty or inappropriate or whatever it may be. That it's okay to go. I'm out. Yeah, at the end of the day, your coach should be professional. In what they do, the only nasty yeah. thing they should do is lower your calories. Yeah, and that's, that's not nasty. That's just suck it up and go on with. That's just the way it needs to be at times. Hmm. I remember a little bit a, nasty. <laughs> I, remember, I remember you put a post up like this is when you're training in your garage and you're just like, it seems like every time I check my video physique, he's pulling my food down, he's pushing my card up. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> needs must and, you know, you uh, all paid off in the end, didn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. 
But I think, yeah. do you know what I think the time I hated you most is when you took my taste out? It's funny Which was how surprising. Many how many people are raging at me like being like, I can't believe you've removed the one thing I look forward to in the day. I was like, whoops. The chocolate I was all right with when he took out my dark chocolate, I was surprisingly like, okay with that. Which I thought would be the very rad. I thought I'd be more annoyed about the chocolate than I was the toast. Yeah. Some people just get raging, like, not raging, they're just like, fuck. Just, like, you know, that sucks. And I'm like, look, I know it sucks, but just fucking get more spinach in there. Or <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Because I, I ate eggs and egg whites and ham and spinach for 15 weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always would have toast in my breakfast. So after prep, the first thing that went right back in... Yeah, toast. I think that's what I was craving was, well, not necessarily toast, but like, you know, when you go out for a meal and they put it on the side plate, you get them like warm, crusty rolls. Yeah. Yeah, them. <laughs> They're the ones. One of those. So what's your goal this year for the brand? Uh, this year, I, I tell you, I actually wrote it, uh, wrote it down. I, I more look at, uh, I try and look at uh, over the course of years, like say a five-year goal, but for this year, we've got down five British title, four pro cards out with IFBB, not necessarily IFBB. Yeah. Five overalls, one IFBB pro card. Um, and I've got other targets that are kind of suppose are not uh, applicable to like, you know, how much I want to earn, how many clients I want to work with, how many transformations yeah. we want. Um, but yeah, the, the goal is to try and continue to, to, to climb the ladder as... Mm to be one of the most reputable brands in the UK for online physique transformations. Elite transformations is what we say. And we want to be, you know, we want to be the best, but you understand that that's all someone's perception of who is the best. We, I always say yeah. one of the best. And that was kind of the goal I had said uh, when we started this in 2020 was, you know, within, within five years was to, to be, you know, one of the most reputable brands in the UK by mm. the time it was 2024. Um and I think we're well on our way to do that, but we just need yeah. to understand that we still have a lot of work to do. Um, we need to, cont- like, if you ask me, Vaughn, what do you need to change to be more successful? It's just time. I need more yeah. time doing what I'm doing. Like last year was a very successful year for competing. We need to repeat that and then some, but also reminding that not all my clients are competitors. Yeah. Um, for us, really, it's about being seen. Is, is our problem, really? Like we get as good results as anyone out there. Absolutely, but we yeah. Don't have, we don't have the same reach as you'd have if you if I lived in England because there's more of you around. Yeah. So being up, being up in Scotland is just that a little bit harder to break into uh, the English market of, you know, first-time competitor. Oh, well, you know, my coach, you know, two hours away does it. How are they going to know about that coach that's six, seven-hour drive away? It's only because they know about me through the pal, through their yeah. friend, through, you know what I mean? Um, so our brands just take, to continue to try and level up wherever and whenever we can um, and produce better results than last year the thing I'm obsessed with is progress Yeah. so I, I couldn't handle it well if we didn't progress in a step forward this year um, and that's what we aim to do that's cool simple, that's simple as that yeah it's not simple it's quite hard but in layman's yeah. terms, that's... I mean, you've got IFBB Pro Card on one of your, like, goals this year. That's quite a hard one. If you, uh, if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you land in the stars. True. That's so true. Set, my that's stand- true. set my standard high. Like, I want that. 
That is a very selfish goal. I want to be part of someone's journey that says I am a fucking pro in the IFBB yeah. league. And I know it'll get there, but I've not broken it yet. Yeah. I know that when you when you break it and you get one, they start yeah. the, the moment start the momentum starts to come. But I know that it will feel very good to just be part. I couldn't give a fuck if I was a pro. Couldn't no. give a absolute flying fuck. But it'd be really fucking cool to be part of someone's journey and to be like, wow, I helped them do that. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. that that's the league that's the top of the you know, cream of the cream of the crop, top of the yeah. top, do it. Um and you know. I've got down in five years. I want to help someone go to Olympia. And I, my client base isn't such that I work with all athletes. So I know that that chance will be very rare. But whenever the time comes, I'll you know, grasp it with open arms because I'm yeah. very driven. And a lot of the things of what I write down, I do. You know, I make a conscious point of if that's a goal I've written down, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going mm-hmm. to do it. You know, so... If it didn't happen this year, I, I don't like to say that, but if it didn't happen this year, um, it would be right. I keep, I keep working, keep working, keep yeah. working. Until it happens, as, yeah. Until it happens with as many athletes as I can be, as best coaches I can be, um, to the current athletes I've yeah. got or the ones yeah. on board. Um, and the opportunity will come. It's, it's not like, I don't see that as a case of when, uh, if I see as a case of when. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a punchy goal. There's few competitors that I believe would maybe achieve that, but it's just something that I, I want. Like, I'm a big believer in saying that you know what you think you can become, and if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hands. It's literally mm-hmm. written on a plaque above the screen here, um, and it's it, yeah, it's it's in my mind. And once it's in my mind, you're not getting out of there it. until it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, what is your proudest moment so far as a coach? That's tough, man. That's really, really tough. Yeah, um, I asked Clara this as well, and I just kind of really liked her response. So I thought, I'm going to ask you as well. I think, like, I, I want to try and pinpoint it to a moment, mm. but there's so many. I think it would be doing the other moments an injustice. I can tell you, like, if you were to ask me the proudest moment of, like... Um, being like prepping athletes yeah i can give you a few that maybe stand out more but it's not to say that like the girl that came third in a local show felt any different to you know the molly edwards that beat everyone and won it (laughs) yeah right but the moments that stand out in my mind if we were solely speaking of competitors would be of course the first time i prepped someone and put them on stage yeah you know, Chris and Who? me won. Oh, was it Chris, the first person? Yeah, oh, first right. one. Um, when Clara um, won her sort of UKUP pro card, or G, you know, what, what, WP, um, to be there, I remember I cried in the audience because I was just, it was just immense to be part of this and to be like, wow, you know, she's followed my advice and my program and this and next thing. Um, you know, being part of your journey. And yeah. I think, you know, for your journey, being at the overall was, it's a standout in my mind. Um, as I said, I got quite emotional. Um, mm. uh, it was kind of, it, it felt both, both of those moments felt very surreal. And just being like, wow, like I've, I've helped that. But I think in general, I'm just, I'm just proud to have worked with everyone I've ever worked with. 
to create a result for help for them to lead a better life um whether that's just transformation whether that is um a before you know a, a photo shoot a, a show i think it all means something to the other ones and you know the the things that you don't see in the before and afters the ones that you know the ones that message you a big old paragraph about how much you've impacted their life they wouldn't be in the position they're in like those sort of messages they just get me right in the feels man yeah so so they make me proud that isn't maybe a, a physique result it's just when someone says i probably wouldn't be here without your influence you kind of go oh like that's cool to be a part of it brings me a lot of joy um so i, I don't know i just i'm just, i'm proud to to work with everyone i do but i guess those were just the standout moments um as a coach uh, in the competitive scene um yeah that's really cool to, to be part of that differs from what Clara said. I don't know what she said. Um, I think hers was something to do with, um, yeah, very similar. It was about like the journeys that you've watched people go on, and then sorry, I don't know what is going on with this dog. It's okay. Um, the journeys that people have gone on, um, and then like seeing that kind of end result. Yeah, and that's where you kind of you know take Clara. Um, you know, I wasn't there for when she won the British title last year, but. I worked with her from before she competed and she didn't place. Yeah. And, you know, we, I still remember the phone call saying after our second season saying, the goal is to, your next goal is within two years to come back and be the British champion. Mm. She was like, whoa, I don't know if I can do that. I went, you will do that. And she did it. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. You know, like, and again, it reconfirms in my mind. If you believe it in your mind, you know, if you can see in your see in your mind, you can hold it in your hands, you can make it happen. But I guess instilling that belief in someone, encouraging them, unlocking their potential that they don't see—that's mm. really proud to be part of. Yeah, that's awesome. Then, you know, like, you then think, right? Well, if I hadn't worked with Molly Edwards last year, would she have had the success she had? And she yeah. may have. 100% she may have but it's really cool to be the one that helped to do that because yeah. it wasn't just hey Molly here's the program that will help you win all those shows here's no. the program that will, the meal plan that will help you do this that it was it's about the journey it's the support it's yeah. the the daily check-ins it's the daily messages the every other day the you know the from 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 18 weeks out to 18 weeks out it's yeah it's the journey man yeah you know, it's, and it's it, like you said, it's not just the diet plan and the training plan. It's answering the phone to me when I'm having a wobble and a meltdown and I've fucking broken myself again because we do that most weeks. Um, yeah. You must fucking hate so, working with me sometimes. It's not a check-in day. <laughs> still, still, still a novelty to me when you say the word wobble because it's wobble. What? I don't me point out your accent, but still sometimes... Like when you'll message me shit and say like in a voice and I'm like, man, she's got a weird accent. But then I've got a weird accent. Your accent's way weirder. Anyone listening to this. But... <laughs> Do you know what I but have yeah. learned from you as well that I wouldn't have learned from many other coaches is how to understand a Scottish accent. <laughs> because I couldn't yeah. understand a word you said to begin with. Be like, what? A lot, <laughs> a lot of people have uh, said that over the years, like, 
It's why I don't talk as fast, I hope, um, on voice notes to clients that aren't Scottish because yeah. people just don't understand. See, that first Subaru show I did, I was reviewing, there's like a load of the lads from Scotland and we're all sat there. You're like, are you all right? You're really quiet. And I was like, I can't fucking understand a word anyone saying. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I've had a few, like, I've had some Irish clients in the past. They've sent me a voice note and I've messaged back saying, I'm not going to lie, I can't fucking make out what you're trying to say. <laughs> Just type it. But uh, yeah, we've managed yeah. to break that barrier. I suppose yeah. maybe you understand. I can speak Scottish, Scottish now. Does <laughs> that count as bilingual? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to put that down on my CV. <laughs> so the last question i've got for you and now uh, everyone gets this one is for everyone listening what is the one thing you'd like anyone t- to take away from today's podcast that i mean that phrase if you can see it in your mind you, you can hold it in your hands if if you take anything away please write that down and whatever you think you are capable of you're the only one that knows you can do it. and if you think about it every single day I think the universe will get out of your way and it'll happen because every action you take will be with that in mind. Um, and I take that to a, an athlete standpoint of where I wanted to be, what I wanted to achieve. Mm. I wrote that down five years ago and it happened. Uh, I've written down what I wanted to achieve as a coach um, a few years ago. I've written, I, I write, write down every year Um how much I want to make that year, which might sound quite vain, but when you run a business and you try and be successful and, and whatnot, um, I think that's important as well, um, is to think about income. Uh, I write down goals for, for everything. You know, like Rona will tell you, on our third date, she went, where do you self, see yourself in five years? And I said, I said married with two kids. <laughs> that kind of freaked out a bit, but... It just, in my head, I was like, in five years' time, I will be married and I will have two kids. Like, I just, I saw it in my head. I didn't see any other option. And that was 2018. We got together and we said that. We are married. We have one kid and it's four years later. Right, so you better start on the second kid then now. We plan these things, man. We know <laughs> but yeah, so just what you think, yeah. you know, what you think you can become. Um, but you must truly believe it with every ounce of your being, regardless of what anyone else says. You know what I mean? Tell the world what you want to do, but first show them. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? A man that laughed at me when I said I was getting my tarot cards read, that's quite a spiritual ending to the podcast, really. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, as I said, like I'm, I have been into personal development um, mm. in the years, but I'm... I'm very driven, but I'm driven with specific goals that, uh, that, as I said, I they might seem punchy now and like what I want to achieve. Like you know, you mentioned with the IB Pro Card one, that's quite big. Yeah, it is big, and yeah, it's scary, but it fucking should be. Yeah. Because if it, if it's not scary enough, it's not big enough. Sorry, if it's not scary enough, if it's scared the shit out of you, it's not big enough. Like yeah. when I looked at myself yeah. five years ago, and I was like, "You'll be British champion in five years." I was like, fucking look at you though. You look shite. Like, you know, look at your physique. But it happened or where I wanted to be with business. Um, mm. You know, uh, yeah, it was punchy to sit there having been this little PT and worked online for the few people to say, we want to be one of the best in the UK by in these years. It was scary, but it's still that's still in the back of my mind. 
Yeah. Some people will say that now, but I still feel we have ways to go, but I know we'll get there. Yeah. All we need is time, and time is all we have. Yeah, I think that's cool. So, yeah, anything else you kind of want to add? No, just uh, give uh, give my podcast to be listened to as yeah. well after you listen. So, yeah, have a plug. Go on. Plug yourself. Um, give it the beans. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Um, you can listen to my Scottish accent, um, my drivel, um, that covers a variety of topics. Mm. Um, if you want to know more, vdvc.com, we have loads of bunch of articles on that. Again, I'm just, this is me plugging free information, free education um, that I wish was there when I was I was at the start of my journey. Um, and if you want to know a bit more, check that out. My, my DMs on Instagram are always open, vdvphysique, um, at vdvphysique, should I say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more than happy to have a chat. Um, If you are interested in competing or not, by all means, we always make the space um, if we have it to to take you on board. But yeah, that's uh, that's all about me. Cool. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, chatting to me about bodybuilding for a bit. Yeah, that's okay. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye. Yeah.